Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Sunday show. My name is Chris and I am joined by Joe. We're here for the uh, Big 12 roundup, kind of talking about some Big 12 conference baseball, as well as some Texas Tech uh, recruiting news around the conference and basketball as well. And then uh, giving a few shout outs to a few tech programs here at the end. But uh, Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's been a little bit over a week since we last talked. Actually, maybe almost two weeks since we last talked. You know, we had a Mother's Day in between there. Took a took last Sunday off. Had a had a good Mother's Day with some family here in town. My mother is in San Antonio, so I wasn't able to actually spend Mother's Day with her. But she had a a very wonderful day, and I just treated my wife and my mother in law and sister in laws and things like that here in town. So um, overall, it's been good. My daughter, you know big round of applause to her for getting her first job secured as well. So she has something to do this summer. So extremely proud of her. And then the kids just getting ready to have school off, you know, be out for the summer, you know, just kind of, kind of get a chance to sit back and relax, you know, for a few weeks before, before things start getting moving. Sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, no, Mother's Day is always fun. Had the uh, first Mother's Day that I got to celebrate with my girlfriend. Got my first Father's Day coming up, so looking forward to that. Uh, congratulations to the daughter on her first job. First jobs are always pretty exciting. I, I my first job, I think I worked with my dad as an electrician because he was a, yeah he's an electrician still, and I think I worked like a summer with him. So definitely exciting to always get your first job out there. I mean, everybody kind of remembers their first job, but just being able to make your own money for the first time, it's crazy. Very much so, very much so. My first job was out in a cotton field out in Crosby County, and that's just a county just east of Lubbock. So I spent a majority of my time working out there for during the summer for money for school clothes the following year. So this is a different change of pace for her, um, but she'll be working at a local snow cone place here in town that they are building one relatively close, close to my residence. So that's going to be her first job. Yeah, always convenient having your first job be kind of close. I mean, my dad would drive me to work with him. And then uh, my first job without my dad was Panera Bread. And that's like right now down the street from where I live. So pretty easy, pretty, pretty nice having it being able to be right there. So you can kind of go and visit them every now and then. But uh, let's get into some baseball talk. I mean, we haven't talked about baseball in a while. Obviously, Tech has had a few series since then and a few other teams, obviously, uh, had some important games 
especially this past series. I mean, we kind of just summarize them. We don't have to go individual on each of them. But, I mean, the biggest result that kind of led to a three-way tie, Texas sweeping West Virginia and, and then claiming a share of the uh, Big 12 title along with Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on how these past this past two weeks of uh, baseball have kind of shaken out and just these results? Because we can see, I'll kind of just give it out, the uh, the final standings and who's playing who. So Texas, although there was a three-way tie, Texas did get that number one seed and they'll play Kansas. Number two seed is Oklahoma State. They'll play Oklahoma. Number three seed is West Virginia and they will play our Red Raiders. And number four goes to TCU and they will play against Kansas State. All of these games are going to be on the Big 12 uh, now and ESPN Plus with uh, TCU and Kansas State being the early, and re- a really early start on Wednesday, actually, at 9 a.m. Uh, but they get to be on ESPNU. So what are your kind of thoughts on how this week of baseball has played out in the Big 12 and just any thoughts on these matchups? That's kind of surprising. You know, West Virginia had kind of had that hot hand for a long time, you know, they started slowly creeping up the Big 12 standings all the all the way until they reached the top and they kind of cemented themselves up top like they didn't want to um, let that go. They let one away from us um, in a three-game set that we played over there in Morgantown. And, you know, I thought that kind of was going to be the, the, the turn. And then they ultimately got two more against us. But for them to go over down into Austin and lay a goose egg, that was kind of... That's kind of telling. Now, is it something that's telling? Is it going to keep them from hosting a regional? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, there's two yet to be determined. We kind of don't know what's going to happen, you know, actually in the Big 12 tournament. So I'm just assuming that they'll still hold the spot as a regional host. But yeah, them them kind of falling back into a little bit of, you know, average. is It was kind of kind of interesting to see. Um, and Texas, you know, just winning the games whenever they need to. They're on a five-game winning streak, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So they're going into the Big Twelve tournament, obviously, as that number one seed, and obviously as one of the hotter teams in the Big Twelve. So it's going to be really interesting to see that that TCU Kansas State matchup, that really early one at nine a.m. Um, kicks us off for. I think that's the four or five matchup, and, or the three. I don't know exactly what matchup that is, to be completely honest. Um, but that one is actually is actually a, a really good one. That's a heads or tails kind of deal. The following game, Texas versus Kansas. I don't see Texas losing that that game at noon. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. That's a swing game that could go either way. And then um, we we play West Virginia at the nightcap. So it's. It's going to be really telling. I mean, I think one of those games out of the four that are on Wednesday is is already just marked a W. Not saying anything bad about Kansas. It's just that I think for talent for talent, Texas is just the better team here. Now, would I love to see Kansas win that game? Hell yeah, I would. But I just don't see that happening. Um, so a lot of baseball to be played and a lot of things that could happen. But I think... Um, it's going to be overall a really good Big 12 tournament that we have going for us this year. Exactly, yeah. As we can tell, I mean, anything can happen. We thought that Kansas was kind of one of those series that we were going to be able to chalk up as a W, and 
kind of dropped a goose egg there uh, in the second game. I think it was, yeah. I think we won the first one, lost the second, won the third. Uh, vice versa. Yeah. Oh, vice versa. Okay. Um, yeah, we lost the first game. They scored those two runs late on that home run. And then Gavin Cash saved us in the game, in the second game with that walk-off home run in the ninth. That's true. That is true. My bad. I'm mixing up my series here. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Kansas – You know, like you said, Kansas could surprise Texas, but if we're just kind of looking at how things look on paper and what you would like to project, nothing like you said against Kansas. But realistically, you can kind of see Texas coming out of that one as you can kind of chalk that one up. The rest of the series, though, like you said, these series are going to be very intense, going to be very close. It's going to come down to matchups and basically what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. We all know what Texas Tech's uh, strengths and weaknesses are. We all know that those bats can come alive at any moment in time. We have some real heavy hitters on this team, guys who are going to you know, step up to the plate and provide a big impact for us. But that is the complete opposite on the pitching side. We really do not have anybody besides Molina and a few other guys that can kind of step up and provide big innings and big outings for us. And sadly enough, it's really coming down to – Texas Tech is going to have to hope that their starters are able to go deep into these games and have solid outings early on just so that they can kind of, you know, not have to deal with the bullpen and their issues. And, you know, you don't want to look too ahead in the future because Texas Tech is kind of in that you need to win every game that's on your schedule right now in order to, you know, feel safe enough. I think, you know, many kind of projections are – here and there, but Texas Tech seems to be safe enough as far as a tournament team. But uh, you don't want to just rely on that. You definitely want to try and win this first game and go on a run. But you also don't want to have to expend everything in your first game and you know completely deplete yourself of a pitching staff to start. And then when if you make it to the tournament, you're kind of stuck. So honestly, I, I really just want to see Tech make a nice run. At the end of the day, you got to play who you're going to play. Like, I think the, let me pull it up real quick. I did just have it up, but um, we were kind of talking and saying, you know, Texas Tech would have to play the winner of Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Whoever wins that game is the, uh, um, is the opponent for Texas Tech. So either one of those teams, I think you mentioned we went four and two against them combined this year. So, that is not bad at all. I mean, we can definitely beat either one of them. And after that, I mean, it's basically the winner of the other two games playing each other and likely going to be Texas versus, I mean, if I had to make any prediction here, just to kind of get that out of the way, I kind of like Kansas state. I've always liked Kansas state this year. I've kind of thought that they were going to be the team to win the conference as they fell as far down as they did. But, um, I can see Texas and Kansas State going to that second round, and who knows out of that one. I mean, Kansas State is talented enough to compete with any team in this conference, and they're probably one of the most underrated teams in the country. If I got if I can put my two cents out there, I thought I thought pretty highly of them for a while now. So honestly, I could see it being a Texas Tech versus Texas matchup if we could get to that second round and get a favorable matchup against one of the Oklahoma teams. But I don't know. What about you? What are your kind of projections for this uh, tournament? Like I said a while ago, I believe that Texas is going to go ahead and beat Kansas um, game two on Wednesday. That TCU-Kansas State game is going to be 
man, it's hard to call, but I, I'm 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 just like you. I'm leaning on the side of the Wildcats there, um, beating TCU, just doing enough to get the job done. Um, Oklahoma State, I have them beating Oklahoma, and then I have us. I have us beating West Virginia. So I have matchups of Texas versus Kansas State, Oklahoma State versus Texas Tech. Um, as far as the, in, in the winner's bracket um, going into Thursday. And then Thursday, that's kind of when things start getting tricky. Because if, if you win that game, who are, who are, you, who are your one- and two-day starters? Who's Wednesday? Who's Thursday if you're Tadlock? And I can't say with certainty only one guy that I believe is going to pitch, and that's Molina on Wednesday. I think he gets the call. He's had some really solid outings. He's the last game. Granted, you know we squandered that that gym he pitched. Um, I I see him pitching on Wednesday, and then you know going into that Thursday game, I I just don't know who we who we're going to throw out there. If it's going to be Trendon Parish, but I I don't remember if it was him or Free or one of the guys got or Petty. I'm sorry, Trendon Parish or Petty, but I think Petty left the game the other day um, in the middle of the game, so I don't even actually know what the status of him is. So you know, everything after game one is kind of tossed in the air as far as the tech side of it, and you know. I guess we'll just see. You know, that's to be determined. But I, I feel Mason Molina is getting the call on Wednesday. And then hopefully he can go deep into the game to where, you know, if we win the game, then we have a guy like Brandon Beckel or Ethan Coombs or Ryan Free there sitting there, you know, protecting our back end just in case we don't get a, a solid outing from our starting pitching. So, like I said, it's going to be really interested, interesting to see. But for the most part, me and you are on the same page as far as Wednesday's games are concerned. Yeah, it seems like a pretty cut and dry outcome type of thing. I think West Virginia is a type of team also. Basically, whoever wins Texas Tech, West Virginia, I think is going to go to the final. And then Texas and Kansas State is going to be a really good matchup. But I just maybe maybe we're both a little bit lower on uh, Oklahoma State. Definitely low as we should be on Oklahoma. They're kind of right there with Kansas and the you know, they're fine, but they're definitely the bottom two teams in the conference. Uh, so, honestly, just looking forward to another good uh, Big 12 tournament. Can't complain. The You know, it's going to be exciting. These are going to be a lot of close games, and it's going to come down, like I said, to those little things that you're really good at, and you got to make sure that your weaknesses aren't as weak as maybe they have been. But uh, that being said, it's kind of the baseball roundup. Let's kind of get into other news around the conference. Uh, just quickly go over Texas uh, and basketball recruiting. Tyrese Hunter is actually returning to Texas, so that just gives them another piece. I know, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that was highly recruited and had somewhat of an impact last year. So any thoughts on that and specifically Tyrese Hunter, maybe how he's going to fit into the mold of this already pretty loaded Texas team? I think he's just going to be another one of those solid starting kind of guys. I mean, he could take a ne- next step. Uh, he kind of regressed from once he moved from Iowa State into into Austin last year as far as statistics go just because of the amount of firepower. But he's a hell of a player, so I just expect him to, you know, continue to do to do good things there. You know, I don't I don't foresee 
it him regressing any any further. I just think he's going to be a solid starter um, for a very loaded Texas team this year. Yeah, I mean he's he played uh, big minutes, and that's just kind of one of those things where you go to like a Texas and a Texas Tech, especially on those defensive heavy teams. I mean Texas is really talented overall, and they've had pretty good outf- offensive outpourings. They could have each guy who can kind of go off for 20, 30 a game, uh, not a game, but 20, 30, any game. But those averages are kind of skewed by the fact that they kind of just play a lot of team ball and play really good defense. It's just one of those unfortunate things. But like, as far as scouting goes, I know the scouts don't really, I mean, they could kind of watch the tape and see that he is a pretty impactful player. So I think Texas is getting back an important piece and, you know, they're going to be right up there with Kansas as far as the conference, uh, big guys go this year. So it's going to be interesting to see any other teams that can kind of close the gap. Uh, One team that does seem to be trying to close that gap is our own Texas Tech Red Raiders. Ever since we've talked to you guys last, we've had two recruits uh, that have signed. The one that we were kind of hoping for in the last uh, pod, Warren Washington, who is that 6'11", 7-foot big man who is just – as big as big man as a big man can get. He does what a big man usually does. Plays in the paint, block shots, is not really going to be your outside threat, not really going to be a threat at all from shooting the ball. Maybe even the mid-range would be asking a little bit too much, but definitely just a big body in the paint to have that will have an impact. I mean, it's not maybe the level of Tariq Owens, who was a little bit shorter but could kind of shoot every now and then, but he's definitely – Somebody we, I mean, Texas Tech fans were asking for a big body. They got a big body, as big as of a body as it gets. So we can kind of go over Warren Washington first, and then talk about the other guy next. So, any thoughts on Warren Washington? How he kind of fits onto this team? Is he that immediate? Is he pretty much an immediate starter? I know not a lock. Obviously, want to see the different formations that they come out in and different rotations that they have. But as far as Warren Washington goes, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I believe he's a he's a starter right off the bat. Um, has some has some game experience. He's seven seven feet tall, two ten, two fifteen, so a little bit taller um, than a Tariq Owens. And I would like to say, and then this is not a knock on Tariq Owens whatsoever, but just a more athletic Tariq Owens, if that makes any sense. This guy could guard from two through five. And potentially one through five. I mean, he has that kind of athleticism for that size, which is very, very impressive. So if you've ever actually gone and watched some of this guy's tape, I mean, it's good. It's really, really good. He He's a good rim protector, great rebounder, and then he's solid everywhere inside that three-point and um, free throw line kind of front there. So, I mean, and he distributes the ball pretty well for a big man as well, so... I think it's a good piece. I believe he is your is one of the 100% starters on McCaslin's team um, this upcoming season. He's a hell of a player, hell of a kid. Um, everything that's come out about him has been positive. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big splash. You know, we were waiting for a big splash here, there, not taking anything away from the other guys that had signed previously to Washington signing, but I mean, we, we needed a big, I mean, let's just call it for what it's worth. We lost AMAC, we lost Bacho, 
And then I believe our biggest guy on the roster was Jennings at six eight or Lindsay at six eight or some either one of those two guys. So we needed some height, and you know, given the given the landscape of you know a Hunter Dickinson coming into Kansas, and we're going to see them two times potentially more this year if you include the Big Twelve tournament. But that's obviously that's way down the road. Um, you want to have a guy like that who could you know who could play defense, um, control that rim or protect that rim from, you know, some of these slashers and things like that. And I think you got a really good player in Warren Washington. Yeah, pretty much just going to add so much on the defensive end, especially for a guy like Grant McCaslin, who has been kind of known as a defensive stalwart as a head coach. Washington is going to be that perfect piece for him that can control the middle of the court as well as kind of switch on guys and not be a liability out there when guarding a point guard or a guard. So I, I, I have full faith that he's going to be the type of dude that can help us on the defensive end and help us get to where we need to be as far as Texas Tech goes and kind of what the brand is on the basketball side of things. Um, kind of waiting to see who we get as an assistant coach. Uh, not really much news there as of late. I know that we thought we were going to hear some things here soon, but we haven't. That doesn't mean anything bad. Obviously, basketball season doesn't start for a while, but it'll be nice to kind of get a, an assistant coach that, uh, for the offense in here pretty soon so the guys can kind of get acclimated to that and see what the offensive look, o- offensive side of the ball looks like next year. Uh, speaking of offense, I mean, the guy that we signed next is another big body who is really known for shooting. Uh, te- technically, it goes down as Grant McCaslin's first high school recruit for Texas Tech. I didn't really, I didn't realize that. But since he is class of 2023 and hasn't signed yet, uh, Emily Yalaho, that's how, yeah, I want to say I pronounced that right. I kind of saw a few different or heard a few different broadcasts pronounce it like that. So that's what I think it is. And that's what I hope it is, if not my bad. But he's the type of guy, he's a younger guy, probably not going to be an immediate impact uh, for Texas Tech, kind of going to take his time getting ready. But he's 6'8". Shoots the ball beautifully from outside. I mean, he pulls up. From, I mean, when you're, when you're that tall and you have the type of guys guarding you that he does, it's easy to kind of just pull up and not worry about if there's a hand in your face or not. You kind of you can get off most of your shots pretty much with ease. And especially in those bigger lineups or, yeah, in the bigger lineups, once he kind of develops, I think that he's going to be the type of guy who's going to have a huge impact at Texas Tech, going to be a sharp shooter that's that big who can play pretty solid defense too. I mean, what do you think about the guy that we're getting here in Emilio Yelaho? Um, I mean, as far as size comparisons, I mean, 6'8", um, big kid, 230. So, I mean, he's already got more beef than Warren Washington, you know, out the gate. You throw in a strength and conditioning program, you know, at, at the collegiate level, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. You know, he's just like you said, he's got a, a pretty shot, um, 8.4. And so I think his stats were eight and a half and four, four rebounds per game in the, the FIBA U18 European Championship because he's, I believe, Finnish. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Finland native. So, you know, it. I mean, just another another piece, you know, I think that just leaves Tech with one, uh, two open scholarships, but I think they're going to save that that last one for an in-season transfer kind of situation like they did with 
with Jalen um, a couple years back and then with Kyron, Kyron this last year. So I expect, you know, I think he'd be a solid, you know, rotational kind of player, getting his feet wet, getting acclimated to the Big 12. I mean, it's, it's you know, you're jumping from high school into the bi- the best uh, conference in the nation. So, I mean, I'm sure you're going to have your ups and downs and kinds of stuff like that. But I believe that this kid has all the makings and he seems like a prototypical McCaslin kind of guy with all his measurables and what he could do on the defensive side of the ball. And then, you know, um, we're not exactly sure what kind of offense we're going to be running out there because, you know, that part of that coaching staff still hasn't been hired yet. But, you know, I, I feel that, you know, Tech's going to be in great shape. We got a lot of we got a lot of ball players on our team now. You could kind of start seeing the the puzzle pieces being put together and what McCaslin's trying to do. So, yeah, he's going to be an uh I'm not going to say a full developmental kind of guy, but I do think that, you know, he's going to you know, have to work through the system a full year before having some actual meaningful minutes, you know, going towards um next year. Yeah, it's good to kind of see a few developmental roster spots getting filled. We kind of have the what we think is going to be the core group of starters already on the roster, guys who are going to most likely get those key minutes. But having a few guys that we know are high school level players, because that's something that you also want to see too. I know that um, I kind of checked in with a few Texas Tech guys just to make sure that uh, certain guys were still kind of committed to the team. Uh, one part, one in particular was uh, Drew Steffi. He's that really, he's that sharpshooter at shooting guard who's a uh, class of 2023. And uh, I've I got confirmation uh, that he's going to be here for the fall and whatnot, spring, fall, summer, and going to be a Red Raider. So that's good. Another one that's kind of listed on 247 is Jason Jackson, who was another three-star recruit. Uh, I haven't heard much on him. But, I mean, it says he still signed his letter of intent. So, unless there's maybe not updated yet, or I think, I mean, it should be. So, I assume that we have those two guys on the roster right now. And just adding another guy from the high school level is important. It's kind of one of those things. I was watching an interview uh, that Coach uh, McGuire did, I think it was this week. Um, I Forgive me for not knowing the name of the podcast. I'll get that in a sec. But uh, it was him and three other dudes, and they were kind of just talking. And uh, McGuire was explaining what he was looking for in the transfer portal compared to high school. And he pretty much laid out, like, when we look for guys in the transfer portal, and this is good, doesn't go for everybody. This just goes for him at Texas Tech and kind of the culture they're building. But he said that the guys that he's looking for in the transfer portal – are veteran players who have over X amount of snaps and have a lot of experience. Because realistically, you want to get guys from high school that you can develop and turn into the guys that you want. But when you're getting a guy who's a transfer, and these are his words kind of though, he said, uh, you want a guy who, you don't, I mean, there's guys who come out of the, in, in, into the portal that, oh, former four-star, five-star recruit that uh, didn't really see the field. And he said, well, that's, you know, cool to see that they have those stars and they didn't see the field. There's probably a reason that they didn't see the field. A lot of people kind of say, oh, well, you know, the team's just crowded. But, you know, there's probably a reason why he didn't see the field compared to those other guys if he was that high of a recruit. So, you know, just just maybe obviously it's a little bit different, two different coaching, two different coaches. Maybe it's not the same kind of philosophy, but it is kind of something that you want to 
keep in mind that the guys in the transfer portal are usually guys that have played and those are the important guys. When you get a guy out of high school, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a guy that you're not going to start right away. I know that we, um, the past few years, I mean, we've started, uh, Pop Isaacs just came out of high school. He started. Jamias Ramsey was only here for a year during the COVID year. He started, and now he's in the NBA slash G League. Uh, quite a few guys in recent history that Texas Tech has kind of gotten that have been straight out of high school that started for them and had an impact and then kind of just left because they they had already made a name for themselves for the most part out of the transfer portal and you know came for a year or two some guys three and had an impact but just something to keep in mind it is okay to have these kind of guys who aren't going to be able to play on the floor right away so yeah i mean that's pretty much it on the basketball side of things i know that uh to finish things off here uh kind of wanted to give a few shout outs so joe i'll let you get started on those and i'll kind of chime in yeah well Obviously, a couple couple shout outs that we have here. Um, we missed last Mother's Day out there. I don't know how how our female listeners are as far as how many actually listen to us, but any guys that listen to us who have wives, mothers, or anything like that, um, it's as a collective from all of us here that you know we wish you a happy belated Mother's Day. And then also something that I kind of forgot about as well as I'm thinking about it is all of the tech graduates, all of the people who actually went into the the university and graduated over the last couple of weekends. Congratulations as well, you know, moving on. I know there were a couple athletes in there um, that, you know, received their degrees from Texas Tech. So, you know, hats off to those guys who completed their degrees with the university and have contributed to the this university and done what they've done, you know, inside the classroom and outside of the classroom. Um Kitley, Wes Kitley, and the track team for securing a Big 12 outdoor championship. Um, so indoor and outdoor championships this year. And he was also named the Big 12 track coach of the year as well. So hats off to everybody in our track program. You know, that was kind of a dominating effort there that we put on display in that outdoor um, championships. If you actually go back and start looking at some of the, some of the standings in some of these different races where the one through one through three were all red Raiders. So really, really strong performance out there. And then um, another one last shout out, or at least on my end will be um, to coach Snyder and the, the Texas tech softball team obviously didn't, didn't end how they all wanted it to, but you could definitely see a different product out there as, as opposed to years past. So just want to give credit where credit is due. I believe that program is on the rise and it's going to be a problem in years to come. He's just getting started. So just give, give all these, all these other programs, our support out there moving forward because they deserve it. They need the fans out there just as much as our football, basketball, baseball kind of fans go. So, you know, congratulations to all all of the said above, you know, um, parties that I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, track and field is just one of those sports that I always pay attention to. Haven't really been writing about them too much. Just been a little bit busy on that end, but definitely been keeping an eye on that team and just seeing the incredible performances that they've been able to put out and just understanding what goes into that to win not only the indoor but the outdoor championship that squad is just insane i mean they're being coached up by one of the best guys not only in the big 12 but the country and 
te- they have a real shot to be national champions. I mean, there's the Big 12 for most in pretty much every single sport is going to have teams that are just right up there in the conference. I know that this year there's a few teams like in baseball, like the highest is West Virginia. They're six, so or they're probably going to fall a little bit down from there. But for the most part, the Big 12 has a lot of teams that are going to be competing at the top of like not only the com- – obviously not the conference, but those teams at the top of the conference are going to be at the top of the country. And I don't see why Texas Tech can't go on a run as far as team accomplishments, individual accomplishments, the sky's the limits. We have uh, quite a few guys and even girls who have, an, who have a chance to place – Top three, I mean, win their events at the national champions at the nationals uh, for college, um, the indoor, tra- the outdoor track uh, championships, uh, which are just so exciting. I mean, indoor is exciting in itself, but outdoor track is insane. The, just the atmosphere and just seeing everybody kind of get into it, it's it's amazing. There's been so many amazing memories that I've had watching track and field and to finally be able to see Texas tech kind of up there in that uh, national spotlight the past few years has been awesome. And also softball. I mean, their season ended a week ago, but like you said, that program was kind of looking for something to kind of hang their hat on. And they found that this year, this team is going to be a team to reckon with next year. I know that they're going to recruit a few, a few girls and kind of get, get right into that picture where they're kind of talking about having a postseason birth and playing postseason baseball. So just big things ahead for a lot of programs at Texas tech. Obviously there's a few programs that took a down, uh, took a step back this year, but just kind of seeing these teams that have kind of not really had as much success looking like they're getting to that point is just, it's good. It's good overall for red Raiders. So, I mean, Joe, any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? Anything else you wanted to say? I know. And also, real quick, shout out to all the mothers. Forgot to say that. Happy Mother's Day to all the lady fans that we have that uh, are mothers and or have mothers. I know that, you know, just a great holiday, great way to celebrate the people in our lives. Obviously, you should celebrate them every day. Let them know you love them every day. But it's good to have a day where we just kind of recognize them for all the things that they do. But, Joe, anything else? No, I just kind of wanted to get what's your um, a quick thing on what's your confidence level heading into the um, Big Twelve tournament for baseball. I know Tech finished out three and three in conference, um, not obviously not the way that they wanted to go into the Big Twelve tournament. You know, we did win two in a row, but um, one of the two games we struggled. You know, up until the last the last batter. So I uh, just kind of a confidence meter on what you're feeling um, confidence wise. Where the what tech does um, this upcoming week in the big 12 tournament. I'd say it's probably right up there in like the seven to eight range. And that's probably for an overall spectrum of things. I mean, if we can get past West Virginia, it'll probably be like a nine as far as getting to the championship and kind of winning it all, which would be huge to kind of get out of those. And it kind of all goes into if tech loses and they just barely squeak in, they're going to be in a really unfortunate bracket to be in. And baseball is kind of unlike a lot of other sports as far as the postseason goes. I know we've seen, I mean, just this year, Purdue lost to a 16 seed in basketball. So anything could happen. College sports are crazy like that. But when it comes to baseball and when it comes to these types of things, sure, you'll you'll have your kind of Cinderella stories and teams that are, you know, kind of come out of the woodworks and win their uh, regionals and whatnot. But and you, the way that it's structured – 
it's just it, it is really hard for a team to make it out of there as the bottom seed, especially when you're playing in those SEC tournaments with the teams from the SEC that are just really, really good nowadays and kind of have been. But I want to say that I have probably like a level eight of confidence. I think this team is going to have to rely heavily on their bats, but it's not something that we haven't seen this team do before against these opponents. And I just, I want, I want to see this team put a complete team effort into it, win a game where they don't have to completely rely on the bats. But if we have to do it, I know that we have the guys that will be able to kind of carry us throughout this tournament. What about you? Well, I'm at a seven. I'm not overly confident because, you know, we've, We've had the, we've had a, our shares of highs and lows. You know, highs of highs where our pitching staff goes deep into the ball game, five six innings plus. Our bats are hot. You know, we seem like the team that we were supposed to be. And then there's games where our pitchers can't find the strike zone. And then whenever they're finding the strike zone, it's just getting you know it's some hanging fruit there that's just getting pummeled. And then we can't hit the ball. So it's just like. I know that statistically speaking, our offense has been, you know, nights, light years ahead of where our pitching's at currently. But, you know, there's there's been times where they've gone in their lulls as well. So I'm at a seven. I do believe we have enough to get past West Virginia and then potentially Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, who wins in that game. I did call Oklahoma State winning that game. And then we've had very, very good success against Oklahoma State in the past. So I I like to see us getting past that second game. But just like I alluded to earlier in the show, you know, what are we doing as a pitching staff? Like what are we what are we doing? Like after Molina, what's what's our plan? You know, because there's just there hasn't been anybody as consistent starting pitching wise than him. I know Beckel's been the most consistent pitcher that we've had, but even he got tagged against Kansas. I believe he was the gentleman who who let that two run home run go late in that game against Kansas in that first game. Which, you know, that happens to the best of us. I mean, his ERA is still below a two and he's still been the most productive pitcher that we've had. So I don't I don't see that carrying on or that trend carrying on further. So I believe, you know, between those two guys, I mean, and who else, you know, that's just kind of left to to be determined. But, I mean, we have all the makings on the offensive side to play with anybody in the country, 100%. But we're not always going to win a slugfest if they have a pitcher that's on as well and then our pitcher's off. You know, there's only just so much run support that an offense could put up and, you know, let your, your pitching, you know, kind of suffer. So, um, I'm just real interested to see at the after Thursday pitching changes or rotation or what we're planning on doing past that. But I'm at a seven. I believe we could beat West Virginia, and I believe we could, you know, beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, whoever that may be. And then it, after that puts us in a pretty decent position on being in a regional that, you know, potentially isn't as daunting as going to Arkansas or going to Baton Rouge and playing LSU, you know, because those are the ones you want to avoid. And if you have a pretty crappy showing on Wednesday and Thursday, you know, the likelihood of you getting one of those, those big dogs on the top, you know, that's a, that's very much in play, you know? So I would rather, I think the, some of the projections, early projections has us going to Clemson, 
which, you know, I'm okay with, you know, just based on everything that's been said and what we put out there, but I'm, I don't want to get caught in Arkansas or, or Baton Rouge. That's for, for damn sure. But like I said, I think we have, I have, we have the makings to, to win, to get into a, a regional, a regional that we could win. And then, you know, you know, after that, then, you know, all bets are kind of off because, you know, we've kind of surpassed what we kind of thought we would go. So I'm looking forward to it. That's for sure. Yeah. And I completely forgot. I mean, I guess I didn't really misspeak that much. It's kind of still the same situation, but I forgot that we do kind of like that round robin thing for the conference tournament as well. So just even if tech does win these two games, that does not mean that they're right in the championship game. They do have to win another. I kind of just looked right now and made sure that it was like that. And it was. So even if tech does unfortunately lose this first game against West Virginia, they still do have a chance against the loser of Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, which is a game that we kind of said was winnable. And then they would have to win another game in order to get kind of advanced, but you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see which teams kind of make a run if there's an upset here or there, but also just kind of keeping an eye on those sec teams and seeing how that kind of shakes out, hoping that we don't get a regional there. But uh, yeah, I think that's kind of it for today. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and listening. Uh, we will be back start. We will be back, be back weekly now after taking a little bit of a break. But um, until next time, Joe, it was uh, great to do this with you, and we will talk to you guys later.